episode of the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast is sponsored by Journey Unlimited, purpose-centered coaching that delivers transformation and results. Journey Unlimited will host its final webinar of 2022 entitled The Cure to Quiet Quitting. We will talk about what it means, the impact of quiet quitting on you and the organization, and strategies to overcome when you've mentally checked out. There is an employee edition on December 9th and a manager session the following week. Please feel free to register for this free webinar at www.journeyunlimited.com. Welcome to today's episode of the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I am your host and Purpose Career Coach, Michelle Glover. And I am so excited for today's guest, Stephanie Cantillo, who is an HR consultant and president-elect of Sherm Atlanta. Stephanie is a collaborative and solutions-focused HR leader with 16 years of experience in the hospitality, education, and nonprofit sectors. She has held positions including the Chief Human Resources Officer and Human Resources Manager in education and nonprofit organizations. In her previous role as CHRO at Pace Academy, she provided leadership in developing and executing human resources strategy that supported a progressive K-12 independent school with approximately 300 full and part-time employees. And now she has started a new role as a consultant, working with a firm that specializes on compensation and helping organizations with total rewards. Stephanie loves Sherm Atlanta community and has received the chapter's Exemplary Volunteer Award in 2018, 2020, and 2021. This interview, you are going to learn about the power of Pivot. As I mentioned, Stephanie has worked in various industries and in various functions throughout her career. But one thing she has mastered is the power of the Pivot and the importance of building relationships no matter where she is. I tell you, if you are someone who was struggling with where they are now thinking, I want to do something different, I am ready for a change, but I don't know how to get started. This is the interview for you. So get your pen and pad ready, get ready to take notes and enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Glover. And I, you guys are in for a treat for today's guest. She is Stephanie Cantillo. She is the president-elect of Sherm Atlanta, which is the Society for Human Resources Management, for those who don't know. And she is also a consultant. And let me tell you, she is going to be dropping so many gems and wisdom, not only about her purpose journey, but also also giving you tips on how to live out yours. So Stephanie, welcome to today's episode. Thank you, Michelle. I'm um, thrilled to be here. So thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So I want to jump right in because I know we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, but one of the questions I ask every guest is about the thing that makes your heart sing. So tell us, what makes your heart sing and what brings you professional joy? Yeah, it's a great question. I think being in connection with other people, being in community definitely makes my heart sing and being with people that I can uh, connect with and feel like we are on some of the same journey or we can relate to each other. And one of the things that I really makes my heart sing in terms of professionally, I think would be supporting other folks, helping others, being a, an advisor or a coach, or even just a listening ear. If people 
you know, just need to vent or need somebody to talk with. I've been in the HR field for years. So that's been my role, almost like a counselor, but not. But still being able to support folks, I think helping is at the root of all of that, wanting to help. Oh, wow. I love that. And that helping. And so talk about... So you are a consultant, and then you're also the president of of Sherm Atlanta. So tell us, what is it that you do? Like, I'm like, She's got so much going on. Tell us about your roles. Great. So yes. So Sherm Atlanta is what they call a mega chapter. So Sherm National is, like you said, um, Society for Human Resources Management. And it is a national organization that helps support folks who are HR leaders or HR practitioners. And there are over 570 chapters all over the country. And Sherm Atlanta is the Atlanta-based chapter. And so we're considered a mega chapter. We have over 1,500 members. And I've been involved as a member and as a volunteer probably since 2014, 2015. And so what we do is help folks in the Atlanta area and now broader that we can do things remotely who are um, practicing HR or want to get into HR, and we're supporting them along their career journey. So one of the things I do as president-elect is represent the membership, report up to the, the CEO as well as the board of directors in terms of what topics are hot right now, where in what areas do our HR folks need support, what speakers should we bring to our next conference, and really just supporting the mission of their overall organization. And that's, that's my volunteer role. <laughs> right. I'm like, um, <laughs> and you have time for something role. else? <laughs> yeah. So my, my daytime job, which just started July 1st, I work for, thank you. I work for a consulting firm. They're called Three Point Consulting and they're based out of Chicago. It's a boutique firm, but there are two of us here in Atlanta who are on the consulting team and we focus solely on compensation. So we are working with HR leaders and executives around their comp philosophy, their comp structure, mergers and acquisitions, and how that affects bonuses. There's a lot of details that go into it. But before that, I was a chief HR officer at Pace Academy. So I was in the education field and was a HR practitioner for many years. So kind of grew up as an HR practitioner and now have really specialized and honed in on um, how can we help HR leaders specifically around compensation. Oh, wow. And uh, let's talk, let's even go back further and tell us about your career journey. Like, how did you discover this sweet spot in HR? Like, tell us how you got to where you are today. So I actually studied hospitality and started my career in hotel management. I was in food and beverage and uh, for a luxury hotel chain, the Four Seasons, mm-hmm. um, which was really key and foundational for my, you know, not only managing people and those skills, but also customer mm-hmm. service and providing really high level service and meeting high level expectations. So I did that for a number of years um, right out of college. And then I shifted actually into nonprofit administration. And I ended up working for an organization um, in performing arts. I worked for the Atlanta Opera. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was working part-time. My son was very little at the time. And they needed somebody to help run payroll, um, mm-hmm. help, help with the volunteers and managing the volunteers, help with the vendors and managing those relationships. 
And very quickly, I realized a lot of what I was doing fell under HR. And HR wasn't really anything I'd studied. I don't even know if it was a an option when I was in college <laughs> in terms of something you would major in, at least not within the business school that I went to. But so I fell into HR and fell in love with HR and really um, started getting involved at that point. So joined Sherm Atlanta, joined Interpol HR, like really dove into being a part of the community of HR folks here in, in the Atlanta area and just kind of found my passion for it. I realized that the administrative piece of it, I could do. I was very organized. I loved mm-hmm. um, operations. A lot of what I did at the hotel was operations driven, but also was very much um, people oriented. Mm-hmm. And it sort of was a blend of my administrative and operations brain and my love for people. Oh, wow. Um, and being in service to others. So fell in love with HR. That, I mean, there's so many nuggets that you shared, but one (laughs) key thing I want people to hear was transferable skills. So you said, I came from hospitality. So from there, I am now the president-elect helping create strategy and developing HR leaders coming from hospitality. So for those people who are listening right now, who are saying, I want to change, you know, industries. You know, give them some tips on how to leverage those transferable skills for their next opportunity. How do they find it? How do they leverage it? Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, so I, I've heard the opinion that industry doesn't matter. And I think the more industries you can tap into or be exposed to helps widen and broaden your perspective, especially if you want to get into HR. So I'll dive into that a little bit deeper. I think specifically in HR, there are so many transferable skills. If you're going to... If you think about the umbrella of HR, it's very broad. It's very wide. There's payroll, there's benefits, there's policies, there's compensation, compliance, Mm -hmm. employee relations. There's so many areas of HR Um, So some of the key transferable skills, I think, are definitely um, communication, being open and willing and have a desire to work with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, good listening skills, willingness to to be empathic, to hear others, to listen, to be supportive, Um, just being organized and those administrative Mm -hmm. skills really took me a long way, you know, brought me a long way. And just that openness to learn. So I was very hungry for knowledge and information. And I really was like a sponge Mm -hmm. and wanted to learn everything there was about HR. So that desire to learn, to try new things. There were many times where I would open up a piece of mail and it would be from Georgia Department of Labor or the IRS, or I needed to file something and Mm -hmm. I'd never done it before. But I wasn't afraid. And I said, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make some phone calls. I'm going to look this up online. I'm going to ask some friends and and I can do this. So the, the mm-hmm. willingness to try something new, even if you don't have all the answers, it's okay. HR is so huge and broad. You will never know everything. So I think some of those key transferable skills, just a desire to be around people, a desire to help, willingness to learn. Oh, I love it. 
And I'm going to share this for, for those listening, no matter your function, if you are sitting here listening to this podcast saying, I don't like the function that I'm in or the field that I'm in, and I want to try something new, start to look at the skills that you've learned in that role and how it applies to the role that you're looking at. Like Stephanie shared, she went through and those skills that she had, she goes, oh, that was transfer over. And that is a tangible thing that you can do. So don't feel like just because I have my degree in X, I've got to stay there forever. You can apply what you've learned and then move it to the next opportunity. And another thing that I love, 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 love that that Stephanie shared is that I can do this, like having the mindset that you can and then starting to grasp all of the knowledge, all of the information, uh, you know, coming into the new function, she says, I want to be a part of organizations. So she built her community. So my question to you, those who are looking to pivot, is what community have you built? What organizations have you joined related to the new field that you're in? Because that way you start to build not only the information that's shared in these meetings, in these uh, events that they do, but you also start to build your network. So when you have questions, you know who to call. And finally, it's don't be afraid. If you don't know, you're not going to know everything. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to try. Because many people that are listening to this podcast and people that I've coached even are just afraid to try. And so they stay stuck. But she's given you some tangible tools that you can do to move and not only move to be successful. So this is why I told you guys I was so excited to hear from Stephanie and the the knowledge and gems that she's sharing with us today. So let's talk about, so I love, again, your, your journey into how you moved into HR. But I want to talk about networking. And you do this, again, joining organizations, do it so well. Tell us, A, how does one start to network to build their community and their tribe? What are some things that they can do to network successfully? So recently, I've heard this shift of language from network to community. Mm -hmm. Because folks can, people can feel some sort of way about the word networking. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Abort mission, abort mission. It can can be intimidating and it it can feel like this thing you have to do and therefore it can be forced and a little awkward. And so when I first started networking, Mm -hmm. I was, I was, I was awkward. I I was like, here's my card. I want your card. Um, and I think I was trying my best. And I think people, you know, they were like, oh, she's nice and she's trying. <laughs> and I just had a genuine way about me. So uh, maybe they gave me grace at the time, but it, it did take just being around other people and watching them do it well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the more and more I put myself out there and put myself at events and in situations where I could be with a group of people who were networking, um, the more I understood the nuances of it and really the intentionality behind it. And so there were times where I wanted to meet every person in the room and I wanted to connect with them on LinkedIn. (laughs) It felt like homework. Um, Mm -hmm. like I'm supposed to be doing this and I need to do this. And, and so what, what folks say is, you know, it it can take two to three years to build your network and then be able to really leverage that network. And so 
what I learned over time was I was really just making new friends. And I loved meeting people. And so once my mindset shifted from, okay, I'm not here to network. I'm here to make some really great new friends in the HR world. Then it became much more natural, much smoother for me. And I just realized that I was surrounded by such great leaders and folks who knew a lot more than I did. And I had a lot to learn. So I just soaked it up. I went to as many events or meetings or professional development, um, you know, occasions as I could. And again, fell in love with the profession, but also fell in love with the people and the community. So in terms of networking, I would say, again, don't be afraid to try something new, right? So there's not just Sherman Atlanta. There's organizations who focus on specifically talent acquisition. There's ones who focus on compensation. So th- there are associations and organizations who will support you in a lot of different ways. And you can go to different ones, right? So um, I make the analogy of yoga. There's so many types of yoga and there's a lot of different types of instructors. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, don't be afraid. Just try them. Go to a bunch of different classes, see which instructor you like, and then stick with that one. So I would say the same thing for networking. Try different events. Try one that's maybe women in technology. Try one that's focused on a marketing professionals. Even if that's not your area or an area you're in currently, that doesn't mean you can't show up and meet some great people. And I love showing up, key. Mm-hmm. But right now in 2022. So whenever you all are leading, listening to this podcast, it's 2022 for us. But as you shared, even with Charm Atlanta, you said, but we're actually touching more people as we've gone to virtual. Yes. So now there's even an opportunity for listeners to join in organizations and join in their meetings and hear content and network virtually with organizations who are outside of where they sit because um, more organizations are doing either hybrid, doing virtual. Mm -hmm. And so take advantage of this opportunity because even though the world will open up, famous last words, right? But uh, (laughs) organizations are still finding the value in virtual because Mm -hmm. you can reach more people and expand your scope. So for the listeners out there, Take advantage of this. So I'm going to give you homework because that's what I do. And that's how I roll. I want you to think of one organization that you can check out, right? That is aligned to either your purpose journey where you are now or where you're looking to pivot. Just one organization. That's an easy task that you can start to research to say, how can I get involved. Don't have to join right off the bat, but what can I do to attend a meeting or uh, follow them on social media, go to some a conference they have. So that is your homework. So as we talk about this journey of purpose, and one of the things I always ask people is the anchoring factors in your life. So when you think of Stephanie and what anchors you to help you be successful in your profession, what are those anchoring factors? So in in each of my roles, I had a true desire to help others. And again, the industry was different. So when I left the Atlanta Opera, I, I had been in nonprofit administration and performing arts and switched industries again and went into education, but still, still with the role of HR. So regardless of the type of employee I was serving, it was really important to me to be a resource to them, to be an advocate, 
to listen and to really represent the voice of the employee to the leadership. And so something that's always grounded me, I think, is just a love for people, um, a desire to help others, and really taking action. (laughs) There were times when something needed to get done and it wasn't my job, but I did it anyway. And Mm -hmm. and people really appreciate that. I think it shows that you care. It shows that your willingness to jump in and do what it takes to move the organization forward. And I, this theme, I, I hear this thread of helping others. So where did this come from? Where did your desire to always be giving back or helping or supporting others? Think of Stephanie as a child. What were you like as a child? <laughs> you know, we, we moved quite a bit. People, people asked me if I was an, um, an army brat, but I wasn't. I, I was raised by educators. Um, I was raised by teachers. And I think I was exposed to a lot of different cultures, a lot of different communities. I remember being third or fourth grade and we lived in Lexington, Kentucky. My mom was getting her master's degree. Mm-hmm. And so she was, I guess, teaching and studying at the same time at University of Kentucky, but she was also working for a refugee organization. Oh, wow. And cool. so I got to meet the families and know their kids. And so I guess I sort of grew up around folks who were educators, but also doing really good work in the community. Mm-hmm. So my father was a classroom teacher, but he was also teaching graduate level courses for educators around multicultural education mm-hmm. and you know helping teachers who were about to go into the classroom. And they uh, both my parents were sort of advocates in their community and uh, had that sort of social justice spirit, mm-hmm. I guess. And so as a child, I was like, I'm not going to be a teacher. <laughs> you're, you're, you're both teachers. I'm not going to do that. But I really found myself having this deep desire to work in nonprofit and then work in education. And so while I, while I never became a classroom teacher, I was an advocate for those who were mm-hmm. the classroom teachers. And I was a, you know, helping a nonprofit move forward and work with their, board of directors and work with the donors. And so um, I guess it's just this deep internal desire to be doing good work out in the community and to be helping a cause that's bigger than myself. Oh, wow. That's powerful. And I love how you're like, I'm not going to be a teacher. <laughs> and then you were the CHR for Pace Academy, <laughs> the nonprofit, and I was HR for nonprofit. <laughs> But it's these nuggets that we grow up with that mm-hmm. even though we may, you know, try to fight them, but they, they start to, you know, really pull into our spirit, so to speak. And they start mm-hmm. to create this path. Then what we learn start as a kid and what we're exposed to shapes where we are today. And mm-hmm. so I love your journey. Um, little Stephanie and how. <laughs> I'm sure the the Stephanie now is like, well, let's modify some of those things that we said we weren't going to do <laughs> because we'll do them in a different type of way. <laughs> now, for you is in terms of just some of the challenges, you know, as you were going through your journey, as you were pivoting and, you know, moving to different functions, what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome and, and how did you mm. do that? Yeah. Um, so I remember when I left the Atlanta Opera, I was so excited because instead of being HR, instead of HR being one of my hats, HR mm-hmm. was going to be my only hat. So it was my first full-time role 
my title was HR manager. And that was for St. Martin's Episcopal School. So this was in between the Atlanta Opera and Pace Academy. So for about five or six years, I was the HR manager at my first school. And um, I was serving about 120, 140 employees. And the organization was maybe six years old and had maybe had one other person prior to me that you know held the title of HR. And it had only been for a couple of years mm-hmm. and wasn't necessarily the, the best experience for the employees and leadership. So a challenge for me coming into that organization was really developing relationships and building trust mm-hmm. and trying to turn around the idea or opinion or perception of what is HR and not only the person, but what could it be? Mm-hmm. So it, it it took some time. First, I was doing payroll and doing benefits. And, and it seemed very kind of tactical and administrative. But the more I got to know people and what was going on for them, and they would come to me and, you know, it's pretty vulnerable to expose what's happening in your life or in your family to somebody you barely know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was able to support, you know, the employees with what they were struggling with or what, what challenges were coming up in their family. You, as HR, you learn a lot of things about what's happening for folks that isn't always exposed in the workplace. And so building that trust, building those relationships, really turning around the opinion and perception of HR and what HR could be, even the leadership team. When I first got there, they were hiring and firing people. And then I would find out about it later. (laughs) That's why I'm here. And I can help you with that. And then by the time I was leaving, they were like, I need to have this conversation. I need to pull in Stephanie or Mm -hmm. I need to write a difficult email or send a message. I need to pull in Stephanie. So they, they, by, you know, by the time I was um, maybe a few years in, they really learned to depend on me and that they could reach out to me and that I was there to support them in their very hard job of being managers and leaders and that they could rely on me. And so, mm. you know, that was a challenge I faced in the beginning was just that overcoming that kind of negative perception of what HR is. Right. And you did, you did so many things, but the key I, I appreciate is sometimes you were saying at the beginning, I was doing things I didn't necessarily like, like it was more administrative, but you know, I, I did what I have to do. So sometimes when we move into the space of working and operating on our purpose, we may start and be doing tasks that we're like, Oh, I don't want to be doing this. But it's going to help you get to where you need to be, help you build those relationships where you want and need to be. So sometimes we got to do that, you know, not the grunt or the dirty work, but we got to do the dirty work. Uh, pay your dues. That's it. That's better. <laughs> we got to pay your dues. And uh, another thing is that she had impact. She had results. She had impact. And a lot of that probably is based on relationships that she built. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie, that thread that we're continually hearing is helping others, being a service to others. And if you operate in that sense that you want to help, you want to have impact and then get results, it will change the perception of how people view you and how they view your function. So great nuggets. Again, I shared we were going to get some nuggets and, and <laughs> eating those today. So as we kind of wrap up here, I love to talk about legacy. 
you know, the legacy that you want to leave behind in your professional career. What do you want people saying about Stephanie as your professional legacy when you leave your roles? I can share with you a little bit about what people have said. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so I remember when I left the Atlanta opera, um, I think they hired like three people. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) No, but again, just continuing those relationships, you know, when you connect with people on a real level and you're just human with them and you love on them for a number of years and they get to know who you are, I think that stays with them. So I've continued to maintain some of those relationships. And I was at my first school for a number of years. And I posted the other day about speaking at a conference or an event I was going to. And two of the teachers commented, like, you're the, be- you're the best HR director I've ever known. You know, like, they still love me years later. <laughs> and that's so, it's, it's so sweet, you know? <laughs> that is a great sign. <laughs> It's so sweet because it tells me I really touched them. I really impacted them. I made a difference for them, regardless of their role or my role, really, that I was somebody they could count on. I was somebody they could trust. I was somebody who was, again, advocating for them and they knew I had their back. And so I tell people, even when I left Pace Academy, like, here's my personal information. Like, reach out to me if you need anything. It's okay that we don't work together anymore. I don't need to be your CHRO in order to support you. And so I've had folks reach out to me, you know, years later, oh, I'm trying to get into HR. What should I do? Or, oh, I applied for this position. Could you be a reference? You know, there's a variety of things, but I think if you show up as somebody who who cares and you show up as somebody who I generally feel like people matter. And so that's that has stayed with them. They know I'm somebody they can reach out to and they know I'm somebody who cares. And it's not just my title or their title or where we work or don't work, um, but they're, they've become somebody in my community. And I guess that's my legacy. Wow, that's powerful impact. And I, I share, that's so true. Like when you leave and people are like, hey, we care about you still. <laughs> that is a great testament, but really... That you, in everything that you've shared, and even this discussion, I just hear that you impact lives outside. It's not just the role, but it's about the person. And that is truly always great to hear that I want more people to have that mindset Mm -hmm. uh, of genuinely caring about having a positive impact on others. So as I customarily do, I ask about hashtag, you know, because that's all the rage. If you had to hashtag your career journey, what would your hashtag be? (laughs) Probably something around hashtag give of yourself. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I don't know if if that flows very well or hashtag love hard. I think I love people really hard. I love both of those. And so, (laughs) but the giving of yourself, even, you know, HR, where people think, yeah, you already know the perceptions of HR and we don't care. We are just very by the book. And it's like, it's bigger, it's bigger Mm -hmm. than that. And I genuinely care about you as a person and Mm -hmm. want to see you succeed and be successful. And when you have that mindset, it just comes back to you. So I love your hashtag. And I want to give, you know, I like to also wrap up the episodes with advice and closing remarks. You know, for the person who is looking to pivot or looking to move outside of their current function into something different, What advice would you have for him or her? Looking to pivot. 
So one thing that has been a challenge for me when I'm looking to pivot is really just my self-confidence, thinking that I'm ready or that I'm qualified. Mm -hmm. Um, An exercise that has really helped me is hearing about myself from other people who know me. So when I'm willing to shut off the self the self doubt and the self judgment, <laughs> um, and ask right. It's it's so true. We struggle. I've so that. had that play, and I'm like, wait a minute, turn that off. Why is it so loud? <laughs> Those voices. But um, asking other people, what do you think my strengths are? What do you, where do you see me striving? What can you help me recognize in myself that maybe I can't see? Just having those conversations has really reminded me, oh yeah, I did do that. I did that mm-hmm. thing and it was really hard and I and I nailed it. You know, like mm-hmm. like folks who are in your community and who love you, they're gonna help you remember how great you are. And I think that's really helpful when you're trying to update your resume, when you're preparing for an interview. You know, when you're reading that job post or job description and thinking, gosh, you know, I haven't done all of this, so maybe I shouldn't apply. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's really helped support me and really helped me get over that kind of doubt, self-doubt hurdle. Right. Uh, And I share that self-doubt, the inner me, so the Mm -hmm. inner gremlins that are attacking us (laughs) and saying all of the negative things, that is what will stop people faster than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so as you talk about community and tribe, having people in your tribe who are going to pour positive into you to remind you of your greatness. And so the question I have for you listening is who is in your tribe? Who is in your community that is going to pour positive into you? So great interviews. So excited to have Stephanie as a guest on the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I hope there were some nuggets that you all took away that is going to help you live in your purpose in your career. So that being said, thank you so much for joining us today. And you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I pray that you are blessed and enriched by today's content. I pray that you choose to walk purposeful and powerful in your career journey. If this message resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast. And for more resources on how I can support your career journey, please visit journeyunlimited.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and bye for now.